This podcast needs to be recorded because the number of people that know everything that they need to do yet just can't seem to achieve the physique that they want, whether that's the amount of muscle that they need or want, whether that's the amount of fat that they want to lose or the level of health that they want to achieve. A lot of people just can't get there and they can't shake it. They know that they need a calorie deficit for fat loss and they do that, but they they don't last long. They know what exercises or they pay a coach to get a program, but they still don't build significant amounts of muscle that they should be able to build in the timelines that they're training for. And they just... They're kind of like, you know, just like a hamster running on a wheel. There's a lot of people that do that. I've been a personal trainer for, man, eight years now. And when I was on the gym floor for five years, I saw the same people doing the same things, getting the same results. And those results were nothing. They would just float. And that's fine if you just want to maintain. But I'm sure if you ask them, they wouldn't want to go to the gym just to stay the same. It's better than doing nothing. It's better than sitting on the couch and just (laughs) chilling and moving backwards. But when you're in the gym, you want the return on investment. You want the ROI to be as positive as possible. And it's not just the physical traits that you need. And these six non-fitness related traits that you need to achieve the successful body that you want to achieve are going to help you get there. The last one that I'm going to read today is the most important by far. But first, I'm going to name five. The first thing that we need is consistency. Regardless of how you feel, you need to show up. You need to get the job done. You need to wake up, put your shoes on, and go to the gym. Or you need to wake up, put your shoes on, open the garage door, and train in the garage. You need to be consistent. There's the saying... You can be consistent without being successful, but you can't be successful without being consistent. We need to keep showing up. That's how we win. That's how big big businesses are built. That's how powerlifters' strength levels are built. It's not because they do one session a week. It's because they do three four sessions per week, and they slowly apply progressive overload. They don't jump from a 200 kg deadlift to a 300 kg deadlift in one session. It's those increments in between that we really need to pay attention to. Consistency is so underrated. Unfortunately, it's not sexy. If you talk about it on an Instagram reel, that's not going to go viral. If you do a podcast on it, people don't really want to hear it. They want to talk about Ozempic. Uh, They want to talk about fat loss injections that they can get to accelerate the process. They want to talk about what performance enhancing drugs they can take without compromising their health too much. They want to talk about what peptides they could take. And there's nothing wrong with any of those things, depending on who you are and your situation. But when you kind of talk about the road less traveled, the difficult path, it switches off. A certain amount of people. And that's most of the population, to be very honest. When you look at the people that train in the world, it's a very low percentage. When you look at people that are health seeking and lifting weights and, you know, getting sunlight on their eyes, uh, getting 10,000 steps a day, this is a small subset of the general population of the world. But 
if you are interested in that, which you are if you're listening to my podcast, within that desire, there are things that we have to be consistent with. And training is one, nutrition is one, and our lifestyle is one. But overall, the principle of consistency stands true. We have to be consistent. And I'm not saying that if you get a bad sleep, if your kid's sick, you leave them at school sick and just keep training because you need to be consistent and continually continually show up in the gym. I'm not saying that. But you need to be consistent. If you're meant to train Monday to Friday and take Saturday to Sunday off, but your kid gets sick and you can't go to work on Thursday or train, you have to look after them Thursday, Friday, maybe those are your rest days and then you find a way to train on Saturday, Sunday. There are ways around. Just like an injury in the gym, instead of stopping completely, train around it. It might just look differently. Maybe you go to the gym and you get an urgent work call. You're halfway through your workout. You attend to your work and then you add that half workout later on in the program. It doesn't even have to be the next day or the next week. Maybe you have time to hit that in the third week of the program. But consistency is is like compounding interest. It just continues to build and build and build and build. And it's like that snowball rolling down the mountain. It continues to build momentum. And as you build momentum, it builds weight. And then it just continues to fall and fall and fall. And then you look back and realize, man, I'm just a snowball like accelerating down the mountain super, super, super quick because you've just been doing it. The most challenging thing about consistency is the beginning. It's like, you have no inertia, you have no momentum, you have nothing pushing you and you kind of have to, you have to manually start, right? It's like when you start a sprint race and if you're in a hundred meter sprint race, the last 50 meters, you're flying, you're just, you know, you might still be accelerating, but by 50 meters, you should be at full speed. So you're kind of just like maxing it out. You, like, like it's just being consistent, like, and, and, and kind of just like pushing forward. But the starting point, the start is the hardest. Your acceleration, you know, um, your reaction time, how fast do you start? These things are the most important things of the sprint race. And the same thing goes with starting your body transformation. The start is the hardest. And that comes down to, and this isn't about the fitness related things. This is about the mindset or the non-fitness related traits that you need. But, you know, having your training program sorted, having the level of calories that you need sorted, your macros sorted, the amount of fiber that you need to hit, um, how your schedule is going to work to fit in your training sessions, how your sleep is going to um, be optimized throughout this time where you're trying to transform your body and in life in general. The start is the hardest, but consistency Regardless of your feelings, you have to continually show up. And showing up can look different, which leads me into the second point, flexibility. I'm not talking about touching your toes, because if that was a requirement for successful body transformation, I would not have any success at all. I'm not the flexible guy. I, I, I think I can touch my toes. haven't tried it in a while, but I'm not talking about that sort of flexibility. I'm talking about the flexibility of your training, your nutrition, and your lifestyle. You can have the most perfect plan set up. Let's talk about a meal plan, okay? If you have a meal plan, it's perfect. If you eat that every single day, you will achieve success. Meal plans are like just a recipe for success with your body transformation. But the truth is, 
Who sticks to a meal plan for a month, for eight weeks, for six months? Nobody. Nobody does. We have weddings to go to. We have birthdays to go to. We have uh, functions. We have spontaneous dates. My daughter's turning six months today. You know, we're going to go for a picnic and enjoy it. I'm not going to be as uh, rigid. If I was following a meal plan, I'm probably not going to take my Tupperware container to a picnic at my at my daughter's six-month celebration. I'm probably just not going to do that. And that's a small example, but you have shit going on in your life. So just apply flexible principles. That's why I like flexible dieting over meal plans because if you step away from what you normally eat, let's say you have a corporate function for work, you can still track your calories for that meal. You can um, you know, look at it and see that there's salmon on crackers and you can roughly guesstimate, you can even pull out your phone and track it on the spot if you're really dedicated. But you can get an idea of what you're consuming. So you're applying this principle of flexibility with your nutrition because as perfect as we make the plan, we need to adapt. And I do that with my one-to-one clients that I train personally uh, online. Like they have, they're usually long-term clients of mine and have worked with me for months and even years. And they go away on holidays. They have work trips. They have um, spontaneous vacations. uh, They have going away parties at work because they're changing jobs. And around those times, it's really hard and can cause them quite a lot of like stress when they're, they're like, oh man, I have to go to the social function, but like I'm trying to lose weight. What should I do, bro? That's when we sort out a plan of flexible dieting. And I already give them macros and calories, but sometimes we need more specific things like, Brock, there's a big cocktail party at the end of the day. What should I do? So what we do is we have high protein breakfasts and lunches and try to keep the calories as little as possible so that at nighttime, we have these calories saved up or backloaded that we can consume at that time. And maybe that leaves a little bit of room for a glass of champagne to celebrate. And it leaves a little bit of room for that slice of cake that you want to eat with everyone while you're saying goodbye. There's ways that you can do it. I'm a big fan of calorie backloading within the day for the dinner, but then you can also do something called weekly calorie backloading where you literally reduce or increase the number of calories in a certain day to make it fit for your week. Let's say you have a kid's birthday party on Sunday and you want to get amongst the fairy bread. Oh, I love fairy bread. The butter, the uh, hundreds and thousands, amazing. I love fairy bread. So let's say you want to get amongst that. You want to sit on a little kid's table with your little paper plate and eat some fairy bread with your kid. And that's quite a lot of calories, right? So maybe you're thinking, look, I don't really want to like starve myself or have a little amount of calories for breakfast and, 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 and all that kind of stuff. Like I'd rather just have that day to be a higher calorie day. So what you can do is shave off 100 calories Monday to Friday. And then you have that bank of 500 calories that you can have on Sunday for the birthday party that you can spend on fairy bread, right? You have 500 calories of fairy bread. That's a decent amount. Or you could even shave 200 calories off from Monday to Friday. Now you have 1,000 calories to spend on fairy bread on Sunday. And that makes Monday to Friday slightly harder, but it also gives you this flexibility that you can enjoy and still hit your goals. This is the main thing. 
these traits and principles that I'm sharing with you are for you to still get results. You're not sacrificing anything. Okay, Monday to Friday, you're sacrificing 200 calories per day. Easy does it because Sunday you're going to make it up with some fairy bread. Some people might call that a cheat meal. I call that intelligent nutrition. There's a big difference psychologically as well. The same thing goes with your sleep. If you sleep four hours and you're feeling average, the numbers that you need to hit for that workout just might seem so far away. You might just like you might just really struggle to hit the number that you need to. Okay, there's there's uh, there's a study. I'm not sure when it was published or who did it, but that shows that when we are sleep deprived, our perception of fatigue is a lot higher. So when we're uh, actually further away from failure than we think, we find that really hard when we're sleep deprived. And it makes sense, right? If you're really, really tired, everything feels harder. That's pretty much what it says. So on those days, if you apply the principle of flexibility, you can still train, but maybe you just need to auto-regulate how you feel. And some females get that when they have their menstrual cycle. If they feel a bit off on one week, I'm not going to force them to hit the personal best if they can't do it. We need to auto-regulate. We need to be flexible and, okay, look, let's just go to the gym. Let's try to hit the same weights that we did last week. Okay, we didn't apply progressive overload, but we didn't give up. And that's the most important thing to, to, to lean into the first thing that I said, consistency we can still be flexible. And okay, it's not the most optimal thing, but human beings aren't robots. Well, not yet. (laughs) All right, give AI a few years and maybe we can hit heavier weights every single workout. But for now, for now, when your body says, mate, I've slept four hours and I'm shagged, don't force it because that is where I got injured. And I ended up with an ambulance at my house with my lower back absolutely smashed, twitching, and my muscles in my lower back were spasming. So don't push yourself when you're extremely tired. This is just a couple of examples, right? And the same goes with work. If you have a big day, let's say you got to work at 6 a.m., you meant to finish at 3, but you finished at 6, and then you went home, and you had to cook dinner, and then you had to read the books uh, for the kids to go to sleep, and then you had to go to sleep. Where was the time to work out? It just didn't happen that day. That's fine. Be flexible, all right? Try to uh, reorder the days that you need to do in your workout program and make it work. So as diligent as we are with our training program and with our nutrition and with our sleep and with our supplements, we need to have this principle of flexibility as a parachute that we can fall back on and still coast through our body transformation without the detriment to our results. Number three is positivity. And the reason I say positivity as opposed to optimism is because I think they're very different. I think positivity is the fusion of realism and optimism. You might disagree with that, but hear me out. Hear me out. The, like, if you're realistic and just you're real and that's all you are, you kind of lack hope. And I think that hope can be really great for us to inspire us and to push us further. I'm a very optimistic person, but I think with our body transformation, we need a hint of realism because if we're too optimistic, 
then we're going to get let down and we're on the border of delirious. Like if you say, I want to lose 10 kg in two days, that's too optimistic and that can be dangerous. So we need to mix a bit of realism in there. We need to get realistic with our goals, but we also need to set the standard high because often when we set the standard high, if we ask the question of ourselves, we rise to the occasion. Many times in my life, when my back has been up against the wall, I've proven to myself that I'm stronger than I thought. And I believe that most human beings are like that as well. When we challenge ourselves, we often rise to the occasion. And I encourage, and this is outside of the gym too, that you do test yourself. Sign up to the challenge, sign up to the competition, buy the course, because once you do that, you will rise up to whatever you've signed up to. But if you just cruise and you don't ask the questions and you don't challenge yourself and you don't step out of your comfort zone, the worst thing you can do is look in the mirror one year from today and be the same. I think that is the worst thing that could happen. We always want to progress. And I think that staying positive helps us to continually progress because we ask those things of ourselves, not in a ridiculous, delirious, optimistic way, but in a positive way. One of the most important books that I read in my life was The Power of Positivity by Norman Vincent Peale. And I look back at the things that I did and I'm, I'm unsure if I would do those things today. I, I left my home city to live in a city on a different island. So I went from the South Island to the North Island uh, in a city that I had no family. Uh, I had no job lined up. I had a car with an oil leak that uh, made me broke. Once I arrived to that city, uh, I was sleeping on couches. Uh, I was working jobs that I didn't enjoy. Um, I was crying most nights. Uh, I, I, I was super driven, but I was very lost. But what kept me going was like this positivity, was this hope that things were going to get better. And I think that if I didn't do that in my life, I would still be in the same city and I would be in a very different position that I would be in now. And that's why my bias is towards being positive. If your bias is towards being negative, I don't see you stepping outside of your comfort zone as much as someone that's positive. And like I've said already two or three times, if you don't ask the question of yourself, you'll never answer it. So ask the question. And with regards to your body transformation, challenge yourself with the transformation. Okay, let's look at fat loss. Let's say you legitimately have 10 kg to lose. Okay. I think a great goal, like if you, a great goal is to try and lose that 10, 10 kilos in one year. Okay, now you might think that's too slow. Brock, I've seen people lose 10 kilos in 10 weeks. A kilo a week, I can do that. You probably could. And if you do, that's amazing. But if we set this in a year, you would love to lose 10 kg in a year because a lot of people try to do that, that like, quick stuff where they go, I'm going to lose 10 kilos in 10 weeks. And they do really well for three or four weeks. And then they just lose motivation. They tire out. They, 
they set the standard too high. They were too optimistic. They didn't know themselves. And then a year later, they look in the mirror. They haven't lost 10 kg. Maybe they've even gained a little. And that's what I try to stress to my personal training clients all the time. Like you need to be uh, positive, which is a mix of realism and optimism. I don't want you to go, I want to lose 10 kg, you know, before I die. You know what? So you want to take 40 years? That's way too long. Like, okay, we can do it in one year. We could even do it in six months. And this obviously depends on the person. But when you're setting a goal, when you say it out loud, when you write it down, when you look at it, do you, like, does your gut say, man, you can do better? Or does your gut say, let's be a bit realistic. That's asking too much. Listen to that voice. And if you don't have that voice, then hire a coach because that's going to be the wisest option and a good coach as well. We need to get to the bottom of, you know, what is realistic and what is optimistic because this is where people just kind of like really set themselves up for failure. They set unrealistic expectations. They try an extreme fat loss diet. It doesn't work. And then they rebound. And often when we rebound, it's worse than the position we were in before. Example of what I just said, if you want to lose 10 kg in 10 weeks, they try to do it. Three or four weeks, they give up. So they lose three or four kilos, but then they gain six. So they're in a worse net position. But if you had a more realistic timeline, as opposed to a very optimistic one, then you could lose 500 grams per week. You could lose 250 grams per week. And although it doesn't look as outstanding as your Instagram friends that are just losing 10 kilos in 10 weeks, you're still moving. You're being consistent. You're being flexible when you need to, but you're being positive as well. So I'm a big believer in hope. And I think you need to have that hope. You need to have that positivity that's driving you towards that goal. The fourth point is focus. You need to remain focused. And I wrote down a word <laughs> that you'll understand, but uh, autocorrect says it's not a word and it's strong-headedness. Um, you need to be strong-headed because your friends, your family, your colleagues are going to try and peer pressure you. And this is more so for fat loss, but it can apply to other body transformations you know, they might, they might want to drag you out to stay out late, but you know that you need to go to bed earlier to get in your workout. They might want you to have a sip of alcohol. Come on, man. Just have a sip of alcohol. Just have one. Have one with me. Come on, man. Just have one. Like, you know how it goes. You have one, it leads to two, two leads to four, four leads to eight, eight leads to you going to the bathroom with your mate. Oh, you come back feeling great. Sometimes you just need to be strong and be certain, and be focused. And that's my that's my approach always. If I'm tracking calories, I'm tracking calories. That's what I'm doing. Uh, I don't drink alcohol, but if I did drink alcohol and people offered it to me, I would say no. Because um, I, believe, I believe that true friends and people that are, are around you that really love you will respect your decision, okay? And even at my wedding... At my wedding, um, I was offered... So there's a Macedonian song called Malo Whiskey, Malo Coca-Cola, which is like a little bit of whiskey, a little bit of Coca-Cola. And, and me and my um, me and my friend Jamal were like standing on chairs, 
like opa like dancing uh, and and when that song gets played they give the person or the people that are on the chairs or the or the people that the song is for they give them a shot of whiskey and they usually shot it but me and jamal don't drink so we're up there and the like, macedonians are like yeah have some and we're like no 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 we don't drink and they're like come on it's your wedding come on and like i i i didn't have it and i just don't drink they had it they understood it was cool maybe it was offensive to their culture maybe they didn't really approve deep down but that's my belief system that's my values it's my wedding it's my friend that's just how we roll and if you don't like that tough luck and you need to have that element within you when you're trying to transform your body when you're trying to get more of a serious body transformation like let's say you're a pro bodybuilder and you're dieting down for a competition you really need that but i guess the the less intense your transformation the less focus that you need but i would always encourage to start off strong because it's just like that snowball rolling down the mountain the more you say no to things the easier it is as you uh, as you progress and um and build confidence within saying no to people because a lot of people try and peer pressure you you also need to stay focused through the hate and this can even come from family members um you know if you want to lose body fat they might say but you don't need to lose any weight. Like, why are you so obsessed? It's like you have an eating disorder. It's like you're just going crazy. Like, some family members just don't get it. Some family members think they have the best for you, but sadly they don't. And it's upon you to tell them about that. It's not their intention sometimes to, to be hateful or to say like, like, what are you doing? You're crazy. Like, you need to explain to them. Um, it can come from online. If you're visually posting your fitness diary online, sharing on your stories, posting grid posts of your body transformation, there's a lot of people that will support you, but there's also some, some people that will try and tear you down and say, looked better before, or like, um, still fat, like this. There's, there's some losers out there, man. You have to have thick skin with that. You have to have thick skin with that. I was talking about it on my Instagram live this morning. Uh, I've I've got a lot of hate recently for talking about um, uh, performance enhancing drugs that I've never taken them. And these, like this guy, right? And I went into his profile because I'm like, who does this? He's got three kids. He's a Christian and he's spending his spare time throwing, vomiting hate all over me. Like, you PED abuser, I can't believe you're lying to your fitness community. There's people like you that just need to blah, blah, blah. Like, he's just losing it. I'm like, mate. So I said, look, what blood test do you want me to take? What markers are you looking for? He didn't even know. And he goes, oh, F you. Like, I don't need to know that. I don't give a sh blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, man. Like, there's just people out there that are just that just, uh, I don't know what motivates them to do it. I think they're jealous. I think they're lost. I think they're unhappy with where they're at in their life and they're projecting it onto you. So just be careful about that. When you are posting, post uh, and don't read the comments. That's the best way. Or just don't even post. That's that, that's an even better way. All right. Okay. Focus also, also encourages you not to rely 
on motivation. If you're relying on motivation, then uh, look, it's it's not the best way to do it. Because some days you wake up and you're not motivated. You cannot be effed getting out of bed. You hit snooze. You don't want to go to work. You just want to be alone. And you just, you don't want to train. You want to eat KFC. Sometimes you just wake up like that. But if you're focused, if you're focused, you will turn that down, get up and go. This is talked about a lot, right? And it's a bit of an old, you know, conversation of like, you know, rely on determination, not motivation, blah, 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 blah. But it's true. You got to stay focused, right? Regardless of how you feel, just like I opened the podcast with like, regardless of your feelings, show up, be consistent. Focus helps you do that. You need to be focused. What's the job that you need to do? Because before you would have started your body transformation, you've set out a plan. You want to lose X amount of weight in X amount of time. You want to build X amount of muscle in X amount of time. You want to have this body fat percentage by this date. You need to line that up. And once you have that, you need the focus. Focus is like the fuel that just keeps you going. You got to be focused. Like, you know, when you meet someone that's focused, it's inspiring, man. Like, hey, man, do you want to come out for dinner? I can't, man. You know, I have to go for a run. I'm, I've got a triathlon in six weeks and that's when I'm doing my run. You appreciate that. So stay focused. Regardless if you're motivated or not, you just got to shut up and do it. It's the same with work. It's the same with fitness. It's the same with business. It's the same with your relationships. If your relationships are falling apart, you need to put in the work. If your business is falling apart, you need to put in the work. So focus, stay focused. You can't stay motivated, all right? It's easy to be motivated when things are going good. Oh, man, I got 10 hours of sleep last night. I'm feeling fresh. Let's go to the gym. When you're not feeling like that, you rely on focus. You rely on determination, not motivation. Moving on. Number five, open-mindedness. Once again, autocorrectors told me that that's not a word. But you need to be open-minded. And this will save you because there's a lot of people that I've approached on the gym floor and have tried to open their eyes and open their mind to a different strategy because they've looked the same for two or three years. And I picked up a few clients because they had the trait of open-mindedness. They were like, this guy's making sense. I haven't changed my body in two or three years. I need a program. I need to sort out my nutrition. I need to make sure my technique's good. If you're not open-minded, you're never going to ask those questions if you're progressing and you'll just be narrow focused tunnel vision. And there's a time for that. But if you're not getting the results that you want, it's not a time to double down and be laser focused. It's a time to question and be curious and be open-minded and say, why is this not working? And that's why you need to have this trait. You need to ask yourself, is it working? Because if it's not, your training program has to change. Maybe it's not working because you're not even training your legs. All you're doing is upper body. Maybe your body transformation isn't working because you're sleeping four hours every day. Maybe it's not working because you haven't been applying progressive overload and you've been lifting the same weights for two years. Maybe it's not working because you uh, have started going for runs and you've actually started losing muscle. Like there's so many factors that happen, but you need to keep your keep your mind open to am I actually making progress? If you're not, 
you can try and troubleshoot. Look at your training program. Look at your nutrition. Look at your lifestyle. Maybe you need to try creatine to see if it helps. Maybe you should try a pre-workout before you train to help lift your energy levels. You can troubleshoot based on the knowledge that you have, but if you don't, this is where you really need to hire a coach, right? I've stepped in with people that haven't made progress in years and then they make progress in eight weeks. Like It can be that short because once you get to the bottom of what's happening, things change. A lot of people that I've trained have just not been having a high-protein diet and they fall into the category of, let's say, looking skinny fat. So now they have a high-protein diet. Now their training program is off the hook and progressive overload is just intertwined in that program. That's when they start getting results. Yes. So keep your mind open. If you're not getting results, question it, troubleshoot it, or hire someone to help you get through it. The last, the last point that I want to talk about is patience. We need patience. I have this saying, I may have stolen it from someone, but I'm going to say it. Too many people underestimate what they can do in eight weeks, but overestimate what they can do in eight days. And you can insert whatever number of days or weeks or years in that time, in that time frame of the quote, but you understand what I'm trying to say. Let's generalize it. Too many people underestimate what they can do in the long term, but overestimate what they can do in the short term. It's, it's, just so, it's just so true and it trips people up. That's why fad diets, crash diets, extreme diets, extremely restrictive diets, that's why they don't work because people are overestimating. Oh man, I'm just going to have, I'm just going to have 1200 calories for eight weeks every single day. Oh yeah. How did that work out? <laughs> I lasted a week. Yeah. Thought so. Like you need to be patient. That is what leads to, to success. Um, you know, if you want to grow a social media following, patience, just post every day, show up, answer people's questions, provide value, show up, show up, be patient, you be consistent. But then the underlying thing underneath that consistency, you need to be patient and I'm not saying you need to just like not care. Obviously, you need to be getting results, but you need to be patient. Because if you're not patient, then you're going to get fed up. If you're short-term focused, you're just going to like, oh, it's not working. Like, okay. When you transition from losing body fat to building muscle, this is when a lot of people give up. Because fat loss is easy. It's easy to see. It's easy to do and it's easy to, to be motivated when you're doing it because you can see results. But when you build muscle, you need a different type of patience because the amount of muscle that people are realistically going to build in about a year is pretty disgraceful. <laughs> like you have to be like if you're a natural athlete, if you want to build muscle, you have to be super patient. You might build 250 grams, 500 grams of muscle in a year. Do you know how crazy that sounds? <laughs> like no one wants to sign up for that. But that's what you have to do. You have to be patient. You need to think long term. As a beginner, it's different. You're going to get results quick. You can build muscle and lose fat at the same time. 
everything's working for you. Bang, 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 you're feeling great. Whoa, I just added a 20 kg plate onto my deadlift from last week and you're feeling incredible. But as you get more advanced, as you double down on your body transformation, things get harder. It's harder to lift heavier. It's harder to stick to those lower calories that you need to lose body fat. It's harder to be super consistent, man. I've got a job, I've got kids, I've got a wife. All these things are going on. But if you have this patience and you know that good things take time, then you're going to keep sane throughout this process too. Because a lot of people expect to build muscle in super, super, super short timeframes and then they end up discouraged and then they end up giving up. And then they're the people that say fitness isn't for me. You know, uh, nah, I don't really do that. Like I tried it, but it doesn't really work. No, it does. You just did it wrong and you had the wrong mindset. So I hope that these six non-fitness related topics, traits, principles inspire you to achieve your body transformation because the amount of education that you have access to is just crazy online. You can listen to a podcast, you can watch a reel, you can watch a YouTube video and you can understand everything that you need to transform your body. But none of it's going to matter if you can't master these six things. And in, uh, in Team Brock Ashby, my online coaching business, there's workout plans with detailed videos so that the form is nailed. But there's also this educational video section where all of my clients can grow their knowledge. So if you don't want to try and filter through the podcasts and filter through the YouTube videos and filter through everything. You ultimately just need to buy a Team Brock Ashby program and then you get access to any educational video that you want. Talking about calorie backloading, weekly calorie backloading, which I talked about earlier. Talking about uh, sleep, talking about supplements, talking about how to optimize a calorie deficit, how to optimize a calorie surplus if you want to build muscle, how to optimize your nutrition for maintenance. Um, there's myth-busting videos on there. There's like a ton of videos how to stick to a low-carb diet. There's all these things that are in there. And then I also have videos of like why not to rely on motivation, um, you know, um, and I have other videos that are more based on lifestyle, like the amount of steps um, and the mindsets that you need to transform your body, all these kind of things. They're kind of like shorter forms of podcasts like these. So if you do sign up to Team Brock Ashby and you are looking to transform your body, jump on teambrockashby.com, buy a program and you get access to that and you can just watch it whenever you want. I recommend watching a video a day because that helps you continually stay in it, in it to win it um, and you can be successful that way. But yeah, I hope this really helps. Uh, this is going to be the end of the podcast. Please uh, like this podcast if you can. Please share it with a friend. That really helps. Uh, if you're watching it on YouTube, please subscribe. If you're listening to it on Spotify and Apple and stuff, please leave a review. It really helps me. I'm really trying to grow this. Obviously, invested into a podcast studio right behind me. Um, and the more that I can grow it, the more I can have uh, influential guests, talk about awesome things, and have some conversations that will really bring value to you. And that's what I want to do. So I'll see you in the next podcast.